Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Happy Thursday. So uh, what were you doing last night whilst not watching the president's speech? Um, I'm just kidding. I don't, 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 don't call. But, well, you can call. That's fine. 704-570-1110. Um, so the president gets up there on uh, what I can only interpret as a mulligan. It's a, maybe it's a MAGA mulligan here for his uh, biden Stag fire speech that he gave a couple of weeks back, right, where he was uh, standing in front of the uh, Constitution Hall, right, and he had the, uh, the red aesthetic, like the true fascisty, authoritarian, or in his words, autocratic um, aesthetic going, right? The, the dark red, the blood red, and he's up there, you know, railing against the MAGAs, ultra MAGAs, dark MAGAs, and all of the MAGAs that have new and improved. Now safe for all loads. Um, this is what I, I can only imagine is just a sort of a, a redo of that speech, minus the backdrop that got him into so much trouble, where even... You know, people on CNN, yes, CNN, even people on CNN were saying, yeah, that didn't look too great. To the point where CNN, remember, they they uh, they changed the filter on the cameras. They adjusted the the color on their camera feed in order to tone down the reddishness of the speech and kind of turned it into more of a purple because you can't ever really get, you know... I mean, it's like it's very much like communism in that sense. Like once you get all full, uh, full blown red like that, it, you can't ever. It doesn't ever go away. You need a complete overhaul. You've got to scrap the whole thing and start over. So, uh, I think that's what this was last night. I watched the speech. It's twenty one minutes of the same thing that they've been saying, but this time it's totally going to work. I am curious who he thinks the audience was that is now receptive to this message that otherwise was not look i get it the 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 folks that wanted the red meat or blue meat i guess um that wanted the red meat of uh, of the speech last night they were happy i'm sure but they've already they've already voted or they're intending to vote for democrats up and down the ticket who are the persuadables that he was trying to address with these comments it wasn't carried on any of the the television networks it was over on the cable channel, so who's the audience there, right? You're, you're preaching to the already converted. And his, his message essentially was, vote for me or you won't be able to vote for anyone, which is kind of an autocratic message, don't you think? When you're up there extolling the virtues of democracy and urging people not to vote for those other people over there because they're going to get rid of the democracy, but if the people vote for your political opponents... Isn't that democracy? So, uh, this is Jim Garrity. I do have some audio clips to play. The um, Because when you listen to these clips, you're going to hear, this is a message for the already converted, for the, for, the, for the faithful. This is not a message that's going to resonate with anybody outside of those circles. It's just not. Um. I'm not, I'm not a persuadable voter for Joe Biden by any stretch. Um, I understand what he's doing. He's trying to help the team, help the cause. But uh, I don't think what he says helps, really. I don't think he is 
uh, a speaker like Barack Obama, for example, who was still drawing crowds. Although now I've, I see he's starting to get heckled. Have you seen this? Obama's starting to get heckled and protested at his speeches. And man, he doesn't really do a good job with it. He just tries to shout them down and this sort of thing. Trying to tell them to be polite and this, you know, you go hold your own rally. It's just, it's in- interesting to me to watch when you are now subjected to the tactics that you guys have been using on others. I told you, you were not going to like this when the right starts doing it to you. And here we are. You thought it was so hilarious to go in there and disrupt Republican events and disrupt speeches by Trump. And then, of course, the, the Trump crowd lured very quickly, you know, they just start chanting USA. So nobody could hear what you're saying. His Obama's crowd hasn't really figured that part out yet. They will. I'm sure they will. Right. Jim Garrity at National Review. He said, President Biden argued that to preserve your right to vote for the candidate of your choice, you have no other option but to vote for the candidate of his choice. I mean, it it is a it's an oxymoronic argument that they are making. That people can't figure out the risk assessment for themselves, and you need to believe Democrats when they tell you Republicans want to end our democracy, which I'm actually like, there is going to be a benefit here. If Democrats are positioning this election as, uh, you know, in a, a one focused on preserving democracy, and if Democrats lose, then our democracy is lost as well. That might actually be a motivating factor for people to go vote Republican. Not because they're anti-democracy, but maybe this becomes the last election cycle that we ever have to hear this stupidity. Maybe. I mean, that would be a motivating factor for me if I don't ever get to hear this insulting, condescending argument again. Like, I, I, I'll go pull the... I might vote for Trump if it means <laughs> if it means I never have to hear that stupid slogan again. President Biden is in reruns is what Jim Garrity said. I completely agree. He said, as expected, this was a reheated version of the Independence Hall speech. And um, I agree, uh, although I, I call it the Bidenstag fire speech. Um, Garrity says his speech was repetitive And more than a little condescending. Well, I mean, it is Joe Biden, and he is just by nature more than a little condescending. So uh, he's talking to Americans as if he was a high school principal reprimanding a bunch of misbehaving teenagers who had been caught fighting in the school parking lot. Okay, see, so this this is where the analogy breaks down. No, he's not talking to these to us as if we are, you know, Kids just got caught fighting in the school parking lot. We all know if you get if you get in a fight in the parking lot, nothing happens. That's there's not even a speaking to by a principal, right? You don't even get sent to the principal's office anymore. Talk about an anachronism. You're really showing your age there, Jim Garrity, National Review. Biden reminded Americans over and over and over and over again that political violence was wrong. Almost as if vast numbers of people watching at home were on the verge of firebombing their neighbor because they put a yard sign for the other candidate in their yard, right? Like, who are you talking to? Are you talking to Antifa? No. Well, on the left, Antifa is just an idea. Or 
remember the other day we had a call from Mike Daisley, um, former Democratic uh, uh, candidate here in Mecklenburg County, lawyer. He did a lot of law, uh, legal work for the uh, Mecklenburg County Democrats and such over the years. And, um, you know, he, he, he couldn't even call them an organization. He says it's not an organization, it's a movement, as if that makes all of the violence that we witnessed okay. See, there, there's the, w- look, we all know what Antifa is. We do. We all know what it is. Even the people who pretend they don't know what it is. But they have to say what they say about Antifa because they don't want to engage in the kind of uh, self-introspection or self-examination for their own side on these things. I have no problem condemning the Proud Boys, right? people that organize the J6 riots. I have no problem at all going after them. I said from the very beginning, you don't get to behave like that because I value political debate and discourse because I recognize that it's the last stop before you get to the violence. And I would prefer just, you know, in order to keep civilization rolling along here and our society peaceful, I would prefer that we settle our differences through discussion and debate and votes and rules that are codified in the Constitution rather than picking up rocks and beating each other to death with them. That's just me. Now, I don't know if I'm in the majority anymore on that. I think we all used to be in the majority on that. But there have always been this uh, violent minority subsets, right, in all political movements. They're very rare that are willing to actually engage in political violence. And the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi, no, he does not fall into the same category. He does not fall into the same category as even the guy who tried to shoot the, uh, the Republicans on the ball field. Right? The guy... Obviously, you attack Paul Pelosi is insane. Longtime drug abuser, mentally unstable. The paranoia about politics was a symptom of his derangement. It didn't cause the derangement. But Joe Biden wants us all to think that it was because of Trump and, quote, the big lie. Again, I don't know who this message is designed to land with. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. President Joe Biden telling everybody last night, well, everybody that was watching, I guess, which was not many, but he told the people that were watching the speech that already liked him and already are voting Democrat that um, you got to vote for his party or else we're going to, uh, our entire society is going to collapse into an autocracy where only one party will be in charge. Don't you see? The logic is undeniable. Obviously so. Jim Garrity at National Review, he says Biden offered once again the warning that certain candidates wanted to take away your right to vote. This is once again a reference. By the way, when you amp up with your rhetoric, I know the Democrats are very uh, keyed in now on uh, political speech leading to actual physical violence and making that direct connection. And they say that the big lie has prompted all of the violence against uh, Democrats. Um, There's no mention, by the way, of any of the violence against Republicans. He made no mention last night of any of the violence that has taken place against Republicans or conservatives or uh, 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 the pro-life centers or abortion protesters or anything like that, which then he also said that that essentially silence makes you complicit. So I guess he's complicit in all of that. I'm just trying to follow his logic on, on all of this. But if the rhetoric is amping up the violence, 
then what do you think is happening when you say that Republicans are trying to take away your right to vote? Do you think that that might animate some people into thinking that this is an existential threat? Now, maybe you are of the belief that it is an existential threat. Republicans controlling uh, state government or uh, a chamber of Congress or both chambers of Congress with a Democrat president. Maybe you think this is an existential threat, which is weird because Republicans have controlled all of those bodies. And we still have a democracy, as far as I know. In fact, yeah, we're we're voting right now. That is what a democracy is, is it not? Everybody gets to vote. But if you're so concerned about the amping up of the, of the rhetoric leading to violence, why are you engaging in it? Why are you doing this? Oh, I know. It's different when Democrats do it, right? It's once again a reference to the Georgia voting law that Biden compared to Jim Crow that has so far resulted in record high number, uh, record, uh, record high turnout. Of early voters. Right, the, the, the Jim Crow 2.0, which I guess now, or maybe, are we at 2.0 or are we beyond 2.0? Are we at, I've heard it referred to as Jim Eagle, because it's, it's just even worse than, or bigger than Jim Crow. How do we have record turnout in Georgia? How does that happen if they've been suppressed? Oh, I see, because they, they're so worried about the threat that that's motivated them to turn out now to vote. Well, what if the record turnout leads to a defeat for your candidates? Mm, That's really going to mess up that narrative, isn't it? Garrity called it the same old stuff served many times before, just zapped in a microwave. He called it essentially uh, leftovers or reruns, right? Let's play some audio from this speech last night. Just some couple of clips. He started off um, connecting the attack on Paul Pelosi with the January 6th riot. A man smashed the back windows and broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the third highest ranking official in America. He carried in his backpack zip ties, duct tape, rope, and a hammer. You know who else carried that? Ted Bundy. Exactly. So Republicans are Ted Bundy, I think. As he told the police, he'd come looking for Nancy Pelosi to take her hostage, to interrogate her, to threaten to break her kneecaps. But she wasn't there. Her husband, my friend Paul Pelosi, was home alone. The assailant tried to take Paul hostage. He woke him up. He wanted to tie him up. The assailant ended up using a hammer to smash Paul's skull. Thankfully, by the grace of God, Paul survived. All this happened after the assault. And it just, I, it's hard to even say. Yeah, I know. You're reading this off of a monitor, Mr. President. I mean, it may be hard for you to say, but you misread the word. That's why he says this. Because the word he said was assault. He says all this after the assault. Uh, this is so hard to say. Listen to the re-rack. It's hard to even say. After the assailant entered the home. After the assailant. That's what he was trying to say. But he missaid it. And he stopped because the rest of the sentence didn't make sense. So he had to re-rack it. But to get there, he had to do the, it's even so hard to say. Asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol. Here's something else. 
I would be willing to bet that the people who stormed the U.S. Capitol at some point in their lives drank milk. For real. And I think that probably like 100% of all mass murderers have drank milk as well. Right. Coincidence? I think not. Obviously, the J6ers are responsible for all mass murders. All serial killers probably too. Uh, basically every bad thing ever, because they share that same thing, right? This is the logic. January the 6th, when they broke windows, kicked in the doors, brutally attacked law enforcement, roamed the corridors, hunting for officials, and erected gallows to hang the former vice president. Oh, my God. Okay, hang on a second. Here's another one of your big lies. Do you know the size of the, quote, gallows that they erected? Have you seen... Have you seen the actual size of that thing? It was a miniature. It was like a dollhouse looking thing. I mean, it was like four feet tall. Nobody, I mean, nobody could have been executed on those gallows. It was, it was a prop. But the way that the photographer, I think for the AP, took the picture, got down on the ground, took the camera, faced it up, and made it look like it was this towering gallows. Do I support you building the gallows and bringing them down no matter what size? No, I do not. I disapprove of all of that kind of uh, theater and all of that kind of rhetoric. But my God, man, do you not know that that could not have possibly been used to actually hang anybody? You're just saying this? Either you don't know or you're just saying it because you're lying to people. Either one, it's unacceptable. But I also know somebody else wrote that speech for him, so I don't know if they are aware of it or not. But my God, talk about the big lie. That's another one of the big lies. All right, so Joe Biden and Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, are trying to draw this connection between the attack on Paul Pelosi and the January 6th riots. I've already gone in-depth on this ridiculousness uh, over the last week. Um, They are not connected. And honestly, like if the if the Republicans did not have uh, a media that was constantly nipping at their heels with this kind of narrative crafting, uh, they their response was exactly the same as the Democrats after uh, James Hodgkinson uh, tried to assassinate a, a dozen Republicans on that ball field five years ago. And all the Democrats came out and said was, you know, condemn the attack. Our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the, the victims. Uh, no room for for violence. And that was it. And nobody went to them and asked them, do you think that your speech may have driven this attack? Nobody asks them that. Tom Cotton got asked that. Tom Cotton was asked on CBS Morning with the anchor Tony whatever. Um, Cotton described it as just one more example of what we should always do with violent criminals, which is throw the book at them. Talking about the guy who attacked Pelosi. You don't see it. And so the the, uh, anchor asks him, you don't see a connection between the political rhetoric and the acts of this individual and other individuals. And Cotton says, quote, no more connection than Chuck Schumer going to the steps of the Supreme Court and saying that Brett Kavanaugh wouldn't know what hit him if he issued rulings that Schumer disagreed with. And, And what do you have? A left wing hitman showing up at Kavanaugh's house to assassinate him. The answer to all of these crimes is to get tough on crime and throw the book at these criminals. There's a guy named Coleman Hughes 
Uh, I enjoy watching him and reading his work. Uh, he's sort of a modern philosopher and writer. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he talked about the problem we have right now is that people don't trust processes. Right? That's what that's what the whole election was rigged, the big lie. That, that's what this is about here. It's the process. People don't trust the process, and people don't trust the process in a lot of states. You know why? Because the left changed the rules. Now, you can say that the rules needed to be changed during COVID, but the right disagreed with you, and you guys did it anyway. You rammed that through so much for the whole democracy thing, right? You guys did end runs around election voting rules, and then that fed distrust. And then when their candidate lost, it's easier for them to say it was because of what you did. When you said, we'll just take absentee ballots no matter when they come in, you've got, do you know up in Pennsylvania, they just had a court decision out of the Supreme Court, I think, that just came down that said, you cannot count ballots that have postmarks past the date of the election. Like, we are in crazy town where you actually have to say that to Democrats, that no, if there's a postmark on the ballot, the absentee ballot that is coming in, if the if the date on the on the postmark is after election day, you don't get to count the ballot because it did not arrive by election day as per the law. The law says you have to have it by election day, then you got to have it by election day. If the law says that we'll take the postmarks by election day or of election day, then that's what the law is there and you take those ballots that have been submitted and received with the postmark of election day. But you don't get to say after the fact, well, you know what? I know it's postmarked for like three days after the election, but they really wanted to vote, and I don't want to disenfranchise anybody. Seriously, for the people who think that voting is so sacrosanct, why do you do everything you can to undermine the process, to undermine the credibility in the process, right? It seems like if you believed every vote was sacrosanct, you would not try to dilute the sacrosanctity of the votes. What do I know? I'm just a little old radio host. Let me see here. Uh, Dave, welcome to the program. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, Pete. Doing good. Just about to head out to help poll greet for the conservative cause in Union County, North Carolina, at the Mineral Springs Volunteer Fire Department. I'd love to see millions of your listeners join me out there, who are at least as long as they live in Union County. Well, I don't know. That might be a bit of a tall order. Millions might be a, a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, what I'd like for you to do, and you know, we can talk all day long about the hypocrisy and the evil, quite honestly, evil. They have, they have crossed the line now with their um, uh, drag queen story hours and their sex change operations on tw- five-year-olds, you know, ch- children. It's evil. They, are, they, they have evil policies. The people, I'm not calling the people evil, but the policies they're espousing are flat-out evil when they start messing with our kids. And so not only do people need to vote to save America, they need to wake the crap up and vote to save their children. And if that doesn't get them motivated off their blessed assurance and get them to the polls, God help us. And God help us anyway, because we're having to pull teeth to get people to get to the polls, and it's ridiculous. What I would encourage you to do, Pete, to really help America, is all you need to do is just tell people, get to the polls, get to the polls, get to the polls, and just say that over and over for your entire show. 
Well, then I'd be done. off the air. My ratings would be terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, are you trying to get me yeah, fired, your Dave? Ratings go, your ratings aren't going to mean a thing. Dave, if America goes goes to the toilet the way the Democrats are trying to get us. There. All right, Dave. Think so do it. Yeah. Well, all right, so are you trying to get me fired? Is that what this is about? No, sir. Oh, okay. No, all right. Sir, not at all. All right. Not at all. Do you really I'm think that's good radio for me to just sit on the air and just say that nonstop all the time? The big picture. The I, big do, you, do you think I don't know the big picture, Dave? Lose our freedom. I, no, I do think you do. Okay. I think you need to take action and, and, and keep. You're doing fine. Okay. I'm just being facetious. All right. You know, but, but we need to all up our game. If every, every conservative, sane person out there, however many we have left, if they would just up their game just a little bit, a rising tide lifts all boats. We've all got to do better. And if we'll all do our part and all do better, hopefully we'll get this son of a gun turned around. Thank you, Pete. All right, Dave. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I, look, I, I, am, I, I appreciate the passion. I kind of feel like I, I bring my uh, A game every day, though. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, not every day. Now, some days I'm tired. Um, I do appreciate, no, I, I appreciate it. I understand the stakes here. I do. And I also understand that I'm trying to persuade people. And I don't know if you persuade people. I mean, you know, Dave's approach might register well with one group of people. My approach might register well with a different group of people. That's all. Um, I think that the the policies that he talks about these these evil policies, and I do agree. Like these uh, the these efforts. I've. I mean, how much time have I spent talking about radical gender theory, critical race theory, where these things come from, right? Where the roots are, and there are some people, though, when you start talking about that stuff, and I know this, they, I'll, I'll start talking about this myself, and people get turned off because they'll hear neo, uh, neo-Marxism, and they, they, they tune out. They, they think, oh, you're just saying, oh, communism, blah, blah, and you're McCarthy, whatever. So there are different ways to reach different audiences. I, I agree the roots of these policies. I also recognize that there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party, and by the way, this, let me step back and take a bit of a historical view on these things, is that I no longer expect the, uh, call them blue dog Democrats or conservative Democrats or even just liberals, like old school, just liberals. I don't expect them to be able to get a hold of the radical elements of their party. I don't expect them to. Because when you look at history, they never have. They never have. The radical left always drags them. It's, it's. What, what has to happen is the people in the Democratic Party that are not the radical left, they have to leave that party. They have to, that, That's how that has to happen. And right now you get a lot of focus on people in the Republican side and conservatives that are like, you have to leave the Republican Party because of Donald Trump. Hey, uh, I got news for you. Have you looked at the voter registration numbers? A lot of unaffiliateds out there. Republicans trend behind Democrats on registration in North Carolina and have for a very, very, very long time. There are other There are a lot of reasons for that, but... People, yeah, people inside the Democrat Party will use Antifa. They will use critical race theorists and radical gender theorists. And they, they, they will just, I went over this a couple of days ago, they will go down this path and they will just agree with all of these radical ideas because they are afraid of what happens if they say no. That's how they got to where they are with the defund the police. This is the correction. This is the course correction that has to occur. I've heard it said that America needs the left wing and the right wing in order to fly straight. This is the correction. I hope. 
Kate Frauenfelder. She's with the North Carolina Democratic Party. With the picture up at the uh, legislature, Kathy Manning in, oh, sorry, in Greensboro. Kathy Manning is reminding voters from gas to groceries, Congressman Bud has repeatedly voted against lowering costs for families across North Carolina. This Bud's not for North Carolina. I love the way they've adopted this Budweiser commercial slogan from like the 80s, right? This Bud's for you, but it's, but this Bud's not for you. Well, this Bud's not for North Carolina. Guys, you You've gotten too many degrees of separation. It's just, it's not, this is the best they've got. Um, But she's out there, and the reason I bring this up, she's standing there, and uh, she's got one person with her. There's nobody else there. Ones of people showed up to the event. Um, Joe Biden spent time in his speech last night saying how Trump's Quote, big lie accusations of election rigging prompted rage, anger, threats, and animosity. He did not mention any of the lies that Republicans would put black people, quote, back in chains, as, as Biden said himself. Um, no mention of the lies that Republicans wanted to kill old people, keep minorities from getting an education, uh, or that they're racists and xenophobes and misogynists or bigots or anything like that. No, no, it's just it's just this one particular lie. And anyone who doesn't call out this one particular lie is guilty of being a MAGA extremist, MAGA Republican, dark MAGA, or mega MAGA, ultra MAGA. We really do need a we really do need a chart, I think, at this point. Yeah. But he did not mention any of those lies for some reason. The lies that he and his party tell that I would submit are way worse. And Oh, and by the way, they do tell those lies about elections being stolen, too. Like, they, they have those lies. I mean, they've been telling those lies my entire adult life. But those are different, see, because Democrats said them. When Democrats say the same thing as Republicans, the Republicans are wrong and Democrats are right. That's the message to take away from all of this. My fellow Americans... We're facing a defining moment. Okay. An inflection point. Another one? We must, with one overwhelming, unified voice, speak as a country. Yeah. And say there's no place, no place no for place. voter intimidation or political violence in America. Uh, okay, there's no place for voter intimidation or violent political violence in, in America. Okay, so all right, so now was that the inflection point? Did I just pass it? Did I just go through it? Am I through the inflection point? I don't feel any different. It's weird. So like I but maybe it's weird because I've already been through this inflection point. I've been saying these things for a while. Yeah. No, yeah, I have. Like remember the the new Black Panthers at the polling stations in Philadelphia? Yeah, that was wrong. That was that was voter intimidation at the polling place, right? Where they stood there with the uh, with the, the the melee weapons or whatever. They had the little bats or something. Standing there, like, threateningly, menacingly, you know. I thought that was wrong. Right, voter intimidation. Yeah, you shouldn't be intimidating voters. No, absolutely not. Um, what was the other one? Uh, the political violence. Yeah, absolutely. Political violence. Does that, By the way, does that include attacking police stations under a mantra of all cops are pigs, fry them like bacon, and defund the police, and uh, police departments are the modern incarnations of slave patrols, and it's all systemically racist? Is that political rhetoric? I mean, some people died. 
when that rhetoric was getting tossed all around, does that count? Okay, how about this is more connected. How about the um, the Chaz or the Chop? The Chaz Chop. Remember that? The autonomous zone. How about the the attacks on the federal courthouses in what Seattle and Portland? The riots by Antifa. How about those? Oh, how about the attacks on the uh, the attendees at MAGA rallies, at Trump rallies? What about those? Those okay? No, haven't not, not part of the speech. How about this? How about the riots that happened at the inauguration of President Donald Trump? How about that? Remember the limo that got torched and the, the stores that got smashed and the people that got assaulted, cops got injured? Remember that? No? Is that different? Totally different? Maybe this isn't an inflection point. I kind of feel like I went through this inflection point. kind of remember all of this. It did happen, right? I feel like, I feel like everything I thought I knew, I now don't know. Like... I thought that gas light over there was burning, but now it's not. This is so weird. See, the message is it's different when Democrats do it. And until you have a media that calls them out for the for this stuff, people on the right are not listening to you. You guys have, uh, you messed the bed quite badly. And it's not on the right to forgive you. It's on you guys to do better. Or as Melania Trump would say, be best. Be best.